The opinions expressed on the ACB Media Network are those of the respective program contributors and cannot be assumed to serve as endorsements of products or views of the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. The following programming has been made possible in part by the generous support of BITS, Blind Information Technology Specialists. In affiliate of the American Council of the Blind, BITS provides career development for computer professionals. For over 50 years, BITS has been on the forefront of industry, promoting and advocating on information access and technology that improves the quality of life for people who are blind and visually impaired. Learn more about BITS programs and how to become a member by visiting their website at www.bits-acb.org. Hello, this is Dan Spoon, President of the American Council of the Blind. I just want to give a big hip, hip, hooray out there to our tremendous membership that does such a great job. Join me, Brian McCallan, on Speaking Out for the Blind. I interview blind newsmakers to inspire the population to go for their dreams. Speaking Out for the Blind airs Fridays at 8 p.m. Eastern on ACB Media One. Welcome to Speaking Out for the Blind. I'm Brian McCallan. KLKN-TV reports that the Nebraska Commission for the Blind and Visually Impaired operates a special school. The Special Lincoln Nebraska School teaches the blind how to do what they love to do. Joining us to talk about the school are travel instructor Jeff Altman and Nebraska Commission for the Blind and Visually Impaired Executive Director Carlos Servan. Hello, everybody. Hello. Hello. Glad to well, be here. To you both too. Tell us about yourselves and the Nebraska Commission for the Blind. Sure. Well, I'm Carlos Servan. I was born and raised in Lima, Peru. I grew up sighted until I was 20 years old. When a grenade exploded in my right hand, I was getting training to become a detective. So I became blind when I was 20. 37 years ago. I immigrated to America eventually, you know, almost 34 years ago. And since then, got training and started to work on the field of blindness. I started to work in New Mexico as coordinator of a transition program for seven years, then moved to Nebraska to be the deputy director for VR services until 2017, and then director of the agency since then. All right. How about you, Jeff? Well, I was born and raised in western Pennsylvania near Pittsburgh, and I became blind at the uh, age of 18. Uh, received my first training uh, when I was 19. I... Um, became interested in teaching travel at that time, but that was not something that was uh, believed to be possible in that part of the country at the time. But um, then I had the opportunity to interview for a job as a travel instructor in eastern Pennsylvania, in Delaware County. Uh, but they said I had to have some type of certification, so I uh, found the center, the agency here in Nebraska came here and 
went through training and uh, was certified by the state here. And that was acceptable to the folks in uh, Delaware County. So I worked there for six years. I came here to Nebraska, worked as a supervisor for a few years, and then found that I really wanted to go back to teaching. And so I made the move over to the center. And then I had the opportunity to go to Louisiana Tech to get a master's degree in orientation and mobility, uh, with, which is a structured discovery-based program. And uh, since then, I've uh, chaired the National Orientation and Mobility Certification Trainers Committee for about 20 years. I just recently uh, stepped down from that position, and I serve on the National Blindness Professional Certification Board. And I've been teaching travel now for 34 years. Wow, you guys have had a lot of experience to get to Nebraska. So, Carlos, what's the commission's special school all about? Well, we call it the Nebraska Center for the Blind, otherwise known as the Training Center. Well, it's mainly about this more than rigorous training, more than a curriculum. It's about expectations, about the belief that we blind people can compete in terms of equality when the proper training and opportunity are given. So to compete, that means we need to find ways to be competitive, not just to learn the basic skills. And that's not simple. We don't want our consumers only to learn to use the computer. We want them to make sure that they can compete, not just to learn how to use the cane, but to be able to travel independently all over the world if they desire to, and so on. So it's about expectations. It's about believing in blind people, achieving their dreams, that if they were not blind, what were, what they would like to do? Of course, there are some uh, jobs that we cannot do for now, but we can do most jobs and we can do it very efficiently. So, Jeff, do you want to add something else to that? Well, of course, uh, we hold high expectations here in the center because we want our students to graduate with attitude. We want them to believe in themselves, believe in blind people, and carry with them both skills and a positive outlook on life. Now, is this center only for adults? It's uh, for a Mainly for adults, because they have to stay in the apartments uh, by themselves. And in Nebraska, to be an adult, you have to be uh, 19 years old. But we do have youth programs and where we introduce them to this type of training with the same level of expectations that Jeff is talking about. I understand. So, Jeff... You also want the students just to be able to go to places and just enjoy things. How does that work? Well, uh, of course, getting to know the student, getting to know their uh, interests plays into this. Now, something to understand, uh, learning the basic skills of blindness is very challenging. There's no question about that. But, you know, when you climb a mountain, 
you end up coming back down. Nobody sets up housekeeping on the top of a mountain. <laughs> but uh, if the only mountain you climb is the same mountain that everybody in your uh, world around you climbs, then when you drift back down that hill, you're going to be living at a lower level than your sighted neighbors. So we push people beyond the things that their you know, neighbors would ordinarily do, beyond what their family members might ordinarily do, by challenging them. Uh, for example, we have a wood shop as part of our program. Now, they learn some practical skills in there, but they also learn that, yeah, as a blind person, I can operate dangerous power tools and do it safely and accurately. Uh, part of the training in uh, the orientation and mobility are uh, monthly or usually monthly drop routes where we take folks out in the car, mix them up, and we let them out. We don't tell them where they are, and they use their skills to return to the center. Uh, we also have people plan routes to go places independently. One of the things that's different from our pro from conventional programs with our program is that uh, students actually go out on their own. Right now, I have two students. One is an advanced student. The other one is an intermediate student. And they're out on a route uh, completely on their own. I'm not keeping track of them. Um, now, if they're not back in a reasonable length of time, yes, I'll go and you know, give them a call, see what's going on. And if necessary, go look for them to coach them through the situation. But I have every expectation they're going to complete the route and get back here just fine. Um, and with the drop routes, yes, with newer students, we keep an eye on them, make sure they're okay. And, of course, the drop route is designed to challenge but not overwhelm the student. We want them to be successful. And so an initial drop would be within this immediate neighborhood. Um, uh, the next level of drop where a person is more advanced is going to be someplace they've been, but it's going to be quite a bit further from the center and it might require them to ride a bus to get back. And um, the uh, commencement drop when the person's getting ready to uh, graduate, is going to be in a place here in town where they've never been before. And they have to use their skills. And I always design those so that they're going to have to make a bus transfer to get back or they're going to have to walk a good distance so that they really do feel challenged, but they're able to accomplish it. And um, I had a most recent graduate. Uh, I dropped him in a location that uh, you know, I knew it would be challenging to find the bus stop, but I thought, well, he'll find a bus stop and he'll uh, transfer and he'll come back. Uh, it's about three miles from here. Uh, he walked back, <laughs> which quite well surprised me, but he did it. And, you know, even though he wasn't real happy about walking that distance because he couldn't find the bus stop, um, he felt really good about himself. Um, so, you just got to stick it out with the challenges and your whole time at the school is going to be easy. When um, we make it as fun as we can, though, we go places that are fun. Sure. You got to have some fun, too. I agree. Yeah. What are some of the fun places? Um, there's a couple of uh, cookie shops around people like to go to. 
Uh, there's hobby shops that some folks want to go to, uh, museums. And we do activities also where we go out. Now, for example, um, last Monday, uh, we took the students and we went out to Gateway Mall, which is we went there by bus. And um, each we paired off or had um, the students in pairs along with an instructor along with them. And um, they had a list of nine different places in the mall they had to find. Some of them turned out not to be open anymore, but um, in any case, they had you know the challenge of finding that out along with finding out where uh, the places that were on the list that was open were. Uh, we also worked on learning to ride escalators and uh, orienting based on the sound cues that are available in the mall. So, uh, and of course, the experience of having to ask directions from people. So how do you decide when the student is ready to graduate? Interestingly enough, it's very often the student that makes that determination. Now, you know, we try to uh, make sure that students have developed all of the skills. Uh, we want to make sure that they, you know, are feeling confident. Um, you know, we're not going to graduate somebody because they've decided they're going to quit. We, we say to them, well, you know, um, right now, maybe this isn't the right situation for you. And, uh, perhaps down the road, you'll want to come back and give it another shot. But, um, you can kind of tell when a student is reaching the point that they're ready to graduate. They've got the skills under their belt. They're feeling confident and they want to go home. And you can kind of tell that they're at that point. When usually six to nine oh, months. Yeah. Yes. It's usually six to nine months. Six to nine months that mm -hmm. the whole length of time in the school is. Um, yeah. After that six, nine, six to nine months and the student is graduated, what's the next steps? Well, the field counselor start working on their goals. Some of them go to college, some of them to some other trainings. And we provide them the support with still the, the belief. We put the money on our belief. If they need expensive equipment, we, we will support them. If they want to start their own business, we will support them. I just it, did a presentation a few weeks ago and talk about a blind mechanic who has his own shop now in Nebraska City. And then another blind person who has her own, a, Oh, I forget this. Um, I call it beauty shop, but this spa in a spa place. Wow. In a very small town, but she's doing great. It's exceeding her expectations. But again, both of them came to the center and left with that confidence. But wait a second. A blind mechanic, meaning he fixes cars? Fixes yep. cars. Yep. Wow. He's also a uh, DJ, and uh, he does some other things. Jack of oh, all trades. Wow, that's amazing! And, and he just expanded his business because the place was too small. Now he purchased one. Well, he's renting extra space. Yep. And wow. along with his wife, he's opened an Italian restaurant as well. 
Italian his wife. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah, we have some Italian. Local- if I ever do come to Nebraska, maybe I'll try his restaurant. <laughs> yeah, we did a few weeks ago. <laughs> we enjoyed it. So, everybody, um, what is the fu- going to be the future of the center? Any new exciting technologies, classes, et cetera, coming to the center in perhaps the next year or so? Well, as director, I can tell you what I'm envisioning, but it, Jeff works there all the time, so he can maybe fill up with more things. We consider ourselves having a very good training center, but yet we don't rest there. We we want to evolve. The world keeps evolving, and yet we want to keep the, the same level of high expectations. We were short of staff. We are hiring more people now. But I want to make sure that we do modernize ourselves. I'm big into STEM, so I want to make sure that our students can get hands-on experiments using tools that make things accessible for science. On the job, we we want to do more home repairs. those are the things that I'm ambitioning. A 3D, a lot of 3D, so people can touch how things look like. I was telling somebody, I know I have a pancreas, but I don't know where in my body it is and how it looks. So it would be fun for blind people to know all the body parts, I guess. Go ahead, Jeff. Well, I was going to say that, um, of course, a lot of what we um, are working with are people with varying disabilities, and so we're always working to find ways to make things work for them. Um, you know, this type of training doesn't necessarily work for everyone. There can be, you know, conditions that make it hard for a person to learn in this type of environment, but we have field support that can work with the person in an environment that's more appropriate to their needs. But the overwhelming majority of people who come here are going to get what they need. And, you know, for example, we had a staff trainee recently with some medical issues that limited her ability to walk uh, very far or exposure to the sun. And so with her to do some of the things that she needed to have, the experiences she needed to have to be uh, a member of our staff, uh, I got a driver to take her to an intersection and we worked at the intersection on street crossings and then had the driver come and take her back. So she didn't have to walk, uh, you know, two, three blocks to get to that intersection. Um, and that's one of the things that's very important about the agency and, and will continue into the future. We train all of our own staff here in the center. So everyone understands how structured discovery works. Everyone is seeing the way people progress when they're given proper training and we want them to have the same attitude toward the agency's clients that our agency clients hopefully are going to be going out into the world with so that uh, you know it is not helpful for a professional to say something or do something that takes away from a person's confidence. Uh, we don't look at someone saying, well, 
you know, I want to repair uh, electronic musical instruments and say, oh, well, a blind person can't do that. Instead, we say, well, okay, let's explore. Let's see if this will work. Now, whether a blind person can do it or not, we don't necessarily know. We're not experts in electronics. But um, by working together, you know, the counselor and the uh, client as a team, that's something that that person can find out. It may be possible. It may not. But, you know, that's really the right way to do it rather than, you know, telling somebody, well, this is what you can do and this is what you can't. The other last part of that is too that we encourage our consumers to keep building a network of other blind people. Yes. It's important and critical to always be around other positive role models where they can continue support, continue support each other. We, we train folks here under the blindfold, what we call sleep shades. And some folks are, you know, concerned about that. But first of all, you have to understand what blindness really means. Being blind means you don't have reliable eyesight. It may work fine in some circumstances, but there's going to be situations where it doesn't work well enough or it doesn't work at all. By having a person work under sleep shades, they develop a set of very reliable non-visual skills that allow them to do the things they need to do in their daily life. And very often they discover that doing things using those non-visual techniques works better than trying to do it with limited eyesight. In fact, some of the non-visual alternatives are actually better than sighted-based ones. Um, many of our uh, instructors who come through the training and are sighted uh, learn computer skills, and they begin using keyboard commands rather than a mouse because it is more efficient and more effective. All right. So, everybody, how might our listeners sign up for the center? Or if they want to, in other states where they live, sign up for individual centers like yours? Well, usually uh, the counselors work with the consumers across the state, and they bring the clients or consumers for a tour and then for a three-day stay and then the consumer decides um, if she or he wants to, to come for training. Now we have several consumers coming from other states but that's only if we have availability. We do give priority to Nebraskans because of uh, Again, it's the Nebraska funds with some federal match. And normally we do have space. And, you know, uh, as a blind person, uh, when you are dealing with your particular state's agency, because there is federal funding, you have the right to say where you want to go for training. Now, your state agency might tend to discourage that because they want to try to keep their funds within the state. But the reality is if you stand up for yourself and say, yes, I want to go to Nebraska or whatever center it might be in another state, they will have to agree to it, uh, even though it may take you know, a matter of months or so to, to try to get them to agree. And so um, being involved with a consumer organization that will support you through that can be very helpful. 
And of course, there's a client assistance program if you're running into problems as well. That uh, every state has one of those. They can help a consumer to work through uh, the challenges that might be involved. Everybody, thanks to you all for coming on the show today and your very hard work. We hope that the school's going to continue to train blind Nebraskans for a future of independence. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Before we go, listeners, I welcome your comments on this program. Just visit and like me on Facebook at Speaking Out for the Blind or follow me on Twitter at Speak Out Blind or Speak Out for the Blind. You can also check out my website at speakingoutfortheblind.weebly.com. More information on today's show is posted there. Just look under the list of episodes and show news tab. And my show archive is at speaking-out-for-blind.pinecast.co. That's all for this edition of Speaking Out for the Blind. Thanks for listening, and remember to speak out. You are listening to ACB Media One, also known as Mainstream, the flagship of the ACB Media Network. The ACB Media Network is a service of the American Council of the Blind. Please visit us at acbradio.org.